I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We had two cases yesterday. We always have two cases. We have the bull case and we have the bear case. The market was down pretty hard yesterday. We talked about both sides of the tape. We talked about the continued possibility that we still may see an ABC pattern. We drew it out. I can draw it out again. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in this video, but I'm starting with this because we had a one heck of an up day and we really saw the beginning of maybe this is a realistic possibility. This would officially complete somewhere above the high of the A leg. That's your ABC corrective pattern. By the way, one of you brought this up to me, which is completely legitimate, so we might as well have that discussion. Could this be an ABC pattern? An A leg down, a B leg up, and a C leg all the way down? And the answer is yes, it could. It could still be that, and we could still have both patterns intact, both operational. Let me explain how that would work. So let's just say for argument's sake, we have the short one, right? The short-term one, A, B, and let's just say I'm right, and this goes like this. We'll talk more about that as the video goes on, but just go with me on the concept. So let's just say that happens, and let's say the market stops at 297. Let's say it stops short of 297, or maybe a spike through 297. Somewhere up in that neck of the woods is where the market would likely run to if it spiked over the previous high, the previous high being right here. That high is at 295, what was the number? 295.26. You have the 20-period moving average, which is now downsloping. Remember, just a day or two ago, it was right on top of 297. As time goes on, the moving averages move along with the fact that a moving average is an average of a period of time and price. So it moves with time. Time is more important than price for a myriad of reasons. That's not even a smidgen of one of them. But just for the record, time is more important than price. I can't say that enough. So let's get back to these ABC patterns. So let's say the short one is right. That doesn't mean this still can't be right. A, so the B maybe didn't end here. Maybe it ends up here. Why can't this be right? And then you have a C leg down. That could totally be operational as we speak. What was another thing we discussed yesterday? We discussed the options. We discussed the near-dated options, the weekly options. We discussed the pie in the face. Today was a pie in the face kind of day. We know there were a lot of puts bought yesterday. Many of them were sold today at a lesser price. What's up above? Let's discuss the bull case for a second. Up above is a gap. We've got moving averages. We tried for it today. They failed or they didn't quite get there. But that doesn't mean they won't get there tomorrow. We definitely have a fluid news cycle. We have Kabuki Theater on steroids. We have China. We have Repo Man. We're going to talk more about Repo Man in a moment. We have the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew that had to put a pie in the face for the folks that bought puts yesterday. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a market below moving averages, a market that's in a corrective phase, which means the swings will be 
wide, large, high, wide, and deep, if you will. And by the way, the flip side is also true. It could be low, wide, and deep. So for example, let's discuss the bull case for a second one more time. Let's say for argument's sake, they go and fill the gap. Let's say for other argument's sake, they jump over the gap. If they jump over the gap, they're going for the higher numbers. They're going first for the high of that specific day, then they'll go and spike through the 20-period moving average, and they'll begin working on the breakdown candle high. That's just the way it works. That's a gap and go, if they gap over the gap. If they trade through, and then they begin closing hourly and then daily above that gap, same routine. That's bullish. They'll be over all three moving averages with only the 20 left over, and they'll start to work on that. So that's the case for the northern direction. It's not so much a case. It's just discussing what would happen if the market was going in the northern direction. What's the likely case from where I sit? They're going to continue going in the northern direction for another couple of days. What's the other side? Yesterday's low. Getting below, closing hourly, and then certainly daily below yesterday's low. Watch out below. They'll open the trap door, and they'll run right down to the 200-period moving average. In my opinion, this is not from a technical aspect. This is from an opinion slash experience. This is not necessarily a moving average. I would be interested to participate on the long side. We already came up close. I think if they open the floodgates, I think they cut through the 200-period moving average like a hot knife through butter. That's not a trade. That's not a guarantee. That's a just saying. Little bit of a different look. We'll take a peek at the 120-minute chart. So you see a convergence of moving averages once again. We've seen the convergence of moving averages for a few days now. So this one is the 50 and the 200. There's a gap up there. That's where it looks like the market wants to go. Let's discuss the other side. If it can't fill the gap, if the spider cannot fill that gap up above, that's a weak market, that's indicating something else, but it's indicating something nonetheless. That's the takeaway. There's always a takeaway for regardless of what the market does. If the market goes up, we read it one way. If the market can't fill the gap, I'm reading it a different way. I'm reading it saying that's negative, that's weakness, I'll start to look around the horn, see if we can pick up relative weakness elsewhere, and then that would be a story in the making. You always have to be prepared for both sides of the tape. We're umpires. We're calling balls and strikes. Frankly, we don't really give a hoot who wins the game. The Bulls, the Bears, I want to win the game. I want to ride whichever one can take me down the runway for a rocket ride. That's how you treat this as a business. Who gives a shit which way the market goes? The market is nothing other than a vehicle to churn a profit out of. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. You don't get married to it. You don't get married to stocks. You don't care about them. You know why? Because they don't care about you. We use them for profit, but we have to use them in a good way. We're not users and abusers. We want to use them in a relationship. We want to have a relationship with the charts. We want to have an understanding with the charts. My wife is jealous about my relationship with the charts. All right, let's move on. What about the hourly chart? Similar to same routine. There's a gap above. Are they going to do the gap? 
gap above the gap, or not be able to get to the gap, which in and of itself is a whole nother ball game. There's a 100 period moving average sloping down toward price. It's right above the gap. So you can see under normal garden variety market conditions, there should be overhead resistance in that price zone. Gapping above it, totally different story. That's bullish on its face. What's doing over in Camp IWM? So we're seeing something interesting. We're seeing the IWM lag the market or lag the S&P in terms of percentage. So that's interesting. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Look how far away we are from the moving averages. Look how far away we are from the gap that we just discussed. It's the same gap. It's just a different chart, but it's the same day. It's the same thing. So look how far away we are. We're in a different position in the IWM. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Here's an hourly chart of the IWM. So this is interesting. So we basically have a flagpole and a bear flag pattern. Now, we have a similar pattern in the SPY. We'll go back and take a look at it just so we can see a visual. So it's a similar pattern. We're just grinding higher in the SPY, but we can certainly make the case of a similar nature like this that this is a bear wedge pattern a bear flag pattern that's crooked call it whatever you want it doesn't matter it's really the same routine the point that i want to make is the iwm is weaker the iwm is having trouble getting off the mat what does that tell us it tells us that until and unless the iwm catches up and starts leading in the northern direction that the market is likely weak and this bounce is a corrective bounce in a continued downtrend by and large that's the way i'm reading it today that's what the iwm chart says when i consider all the other things that's my approach that's in my mind it's a dangerous place to be but take it for what it is that's my thinking what's going on down over in the transportation department so it's a little bit of a different story the chart is really in the same position as the iwm however today it was up on par with the spy so we're not going to really take too much away out of that it's a leading indicator but it was up on par with the market so it's not a positive it's not a negative it's just a neutral it's a spinning its wheel in the sand we'll wait for another day if the transport should want to give us any additional information we'll take it didn't give it to us today similar to the spy didn't fill the gap actually came closer than the SPY did to its gap. So it's not all that bad. So the takeaway from this chart is it's close to filling the gap. They would likely fill the gap 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, they're going to go get that gap at a minimum. 20% of the time, they're so weak that they're just going to fall away and collapse. That's the 80-20 rule. That's the way I see the transports right here, right now. How about the queues out in Silicon Valley, the tech space? Anything different, anything new? Is it providing us any puzzle pieces? Not really. We already have some on the table. It's below the trend line. It, into the moving averages, we're sandwiched in between. We can't really make a determination of that one way or the other, so we'll just discard it. We'll ignore it. We'll forget about it. We'll wipe it off. We'll swipe it to the right. Or is it to the left? I don't know. I'm not in that game. 
But either way, the Qs were up about, like the transports, on par, give or take, with the SPY. So we're not really getting any new information. This was a everything was up today, so everything was up today type of market. Little bit of short covering, little bit of panic buying, little bit of rumor mill. We're waiting on China. We're not waiting on China. The media is waiting on China. We don't give a hoot what they do or don't do with China. XLF, same routine. It was up about 1%. No change, no different story than the other charts. We can just move it along. About the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. There was some movement here. This was outpacing everything else or almost everything else. So up 1.7 or so percent today. Again, the SMH really isn't in that bad of shape. You can look at the SMH. In fact, if you are playing the umpire, you have to look at the SMH and say, just like we took a look at a bearish wedge pattern, isn't this a bullish wedge pattern or a bull flag pattern setting up for another move higher? Well, it is until it's not. We have to recognize it. We're calling balls and strikes. We certainly don't want to be known as the umpire that gave a home job. Similar routine with a gap, came close, didn't fill it, it's close by, they should fill it. But however, we must, we must put the SMH on the table as a puzzle piece, but it's on the bullish side of the ledger. Here's a weekly chart. Look at it this way. What is this thing doing? First of all, it closed above the breakdown candle high. That's a positive. Now, we also have a flagpole. And now we have some kind of bullish pattern going on here. Bull wedge, bull flag, bull whatever. It's a bullish pattern that's setting up for another move higher. Now, it can certainly come down, and we talked about this a couple of times already. The 111.28 was a gap, but right above that is the low of a breakup candle. So even if the market did come down, we would be looking for support in that general area on the SMH. This is a good one. Pay attention to the SMH. The SMH is telling us something. Pay attention. Put it on a sticky note, a post-it note, in your phone, on your forehead, wherever you need to put it. Look at the SMH. Look at the stocks in the SMH. Look at their charts. Do your homework. That's your assignment. Now, we talked before about Repo Man. Here's the bond market. I want to talk again about Repo Man. I saw something interesting that flashed on TV today. Again, I rarely ever have the sound on. In this particular case, I didn't have the sound on. It just happened to be something on the screen, and I happened to be looking at it. It happened to be something about Fed Chairman Powell, the repos, and he apparently made a comment to try and soothe the market. I don't remember exactly what the comment was, I'm assuming that CNBC's interpretation of his comment may or may not have been an exact replica of the comment itself. But it was something like this, and I'm paraphrasing it. We're not doing the repos because there's a problem out there. We're just adding liquidity to the market. Now, he said something totally different, way more eloquent than I could ever say, but here's the deal. I wonder if anybody bothered to ask him when they started doing the repos because there was a problem in overnight lending, which is the fact, was it a coincidence or did they plan on adding liquidity to the market that night anyway and just continue on? In other words, are we just brushing under the rug the repo man real problem? Probably. They always do that. 
Let me remind you of something that happened about 12 years ago. Some of you weren't trading back then. Some of you will remember this vividly. When the credit crisis first reared its ugly head, it was in the form of subprime mortgages. Sub as in S-U-B. Subprime mortgages are basically high-risk mortgages. When the market recognized that there was a problem with the high-risk mortgages, the subprime mortgages, they were all packaged up into CDOs, collateralized debt obligation, CMOs, collateralized mortgage obligations, and any collateralized anything they could package up, put a bow on, cherry on top, and shove it over to somebody else's books. Well, at that time, when there was a crack in the market and they realized the problem in the subprime space, the Fed came out and said, we think we have the problem contained. We see the subprime problem only as about $50 billion. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Again, that's me paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what happened. Well, that turned out not to be the case, which is why I've said over and over again, watch what they do, not what they say. And with that, folks... I am going to pull the ripcord here tonight, not before I first thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.